Welcome, movie fans. Thanks for joining us for episode 85 of Reading Between the Reels, the premier podcast of the I Hate Rachel Green Club. If you're a new listener, we're so glad you found us. And if you've been enjoying the show, please tell someone about us. Post on Facebook or X, write a review on your favorite podcast catcher. Just recommend the show to a friend. That'd be great, too. I'm Craig Dickinson. I'm joined tonight by Corey Heitschmidt. We're missing a Justin Elton tonight, but he should be back next time. What's up, Corey? How's it going? Good. How about you? Just uh, me- yeah. meeting up with the I Hate Rachel Green Club. <laughs> Wasn't just me. We had a club. That's true. Uh, I'm doing good. I, I, I enjoyed this movie. I haven't seen this movie in a while. Uh, tonight, oh. we're talking about uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, the origins of Brangelina. The origins. Uh, of, this is when we were blessed with Brangelina for all of our lives. Yeah, all that all that they've uh, given us. Oh man, I tell you what, it was a, it was an innocent time back then. <laughs> and uh, if you could fast forward, nobody saw that this was going to end this way. But yep, here we are, fast forward years later, and uh, it's not worked out for them. No. Yeah, but I will tell you. Go ahead. I'm going to tell you. I love this movie though. Yeah, from 2005. I can't believe it's 18 years old. Um, part of the reason we're doing this is because there's a reboot on Amazon Prime, and it's just a good time to revisit this film, which, I, I like I said, I hadn't seen in probably 10 years. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Corey, why don't you just go ahead and jump in with your with your overall thoughts as you kind of started on that? Well, I think here's the thing. This movie, I think, is a great one. This started the Brangelina power couple. That's where we got our term, Brangelina, right? And uh, it's the it's the power couple that we all remember from Hollywood. Their relationship uh, may have crashed and burned, but this film, I think, is a great film. And I, I got to be honest, there's a chemistry between Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in this movie. Uh, and I just don't think you can fake that kind of chemistry. And it's apparent they weren't faking that kind of chemistry. Um, I think uh, they really did fall in love. Uh, I think that's what makes this movie so good is that there's definitely some two strong characters, two strong Hollywood actors put together. Uh, It sets up an electric premise for a movie. It was entertaining. I thought it was charming. Uh, I think you look at this pair and they go through every kind of a, Absolutely incredible spy movie, and yet it's also filled with a little bit of essentially charged moments. And uh, I think it's a it's a great movie. Yeah, I, I like it a lot too. And and you know, I was uh, I was talking to, to Justin actually off off mic about this that um, the director Doug Liman I think is the perfect fit for this movie because. I know the way it was promoted was, you know, this is the guy that directed the Bourne Identity, which he did, and that's a great action film. But he also uh, he's also directed Swingers before this, which is a which is a comedy. And so you have this, he has a really nice, I think, nice touch of levity and action. Also did Edge of Tomorrow, which is another great action film. It also has quite a bit of levity. Yeah, uh, Jumper. He made Love that, that movie, too. right? So it's Jumper got, was think, a great movie. It's got the pedigree. This guy's got credits. For for an action comedy, you know that, and and that's you know you have Vince Vaughn speaking of chemistry. Yes, the chemistry between Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie is is amazing. I think pretty much Brad Pitt and everybody in every movie he's always has good chemistry. Um, but he and and uh, Vince Vaughn together too is just just a great pairing. Vince Vaughn, everything he says is 
is funny. It makes me smile. We get the dialogue. We'll talk about some of that. Um, but so you have that swingers connection too, where it's just all kind of coalesces into this great mix. I think uh, the movie still holds up. I think really, really well. Even the tech even for 18 years old yep. still looks pretty modern. Like they're pretty much going to ran this right off the shelf. Like tomorrow, I'm like, hey, this is a brand new movie, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, you could have released it at a different day, and it would have been. It, it, it might have been a different hit. Might have gone different than it did. It was still a box office success. Yeah, by all means. Um, I mean, what did it make? 400, 487 million had a budget yeah. of one ten. Yeah, so casting it's a, in this movie is great. There's a there's a bunch of really good cast people in this movie, and a few of the the girls on Angelina Jolie's teams are mm-hmm. kind of before they became real big and famous girls that have been in some major movies since then. Yeah, yeah, Kerry Washington, of course. Um, uh, let's see, it was Jennifer Morrison, Michelle from, uh, Monaghan. Yeah, Michelle Monaghan's in the in, in as well. Uh, Angela Bassett is is in this film. She's she's the Mr. Smith's boss. She's John's boss, uh, which yeah. we don't see. And then, uh, of course, on the other side, you have uh, what's the guy? Um, the voice. He's got the, such a great voice. Of, uh, oh, oh uh, Keith, Keith, Keith David. David. Keith <laughs> David. Love him oh, in everything. So good. Gosh dang. I've loved him ever since he was in uh, Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, Men at Work. I loved him in that movie. And he's nice. He's also like, really, He also was in one of my favorite movies of all time, Craig. They Live. He was in that movie. I, that's still on my list. I haven't seen that yet. I you, just know, you won't be he's in. He's in so many things. He's in Community. You know, he was in... Uh, Armageddon. We're getting up a little off track, but you know, yeah, this is the the yeah Keith David Appreciation Podcast. Uh, that's what I should have led with. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into cinematography, Corey. What are some things that jumped out to you as far as composition, camera work, colors, any of those things? Uh, you know, the thing about the movie, I think there's some incredible scenes that are really good because the action has to be centered on both of them to not present them in a way that you favor one or the other. You have to see them both together as being equals. And it's hard to pull off with, with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie being very different typecasts. Uh, she is very methodical. You go into the camera and everything for her camera angles and stuff sweeps the background. You see the tech, it's clean, it's nice, it's pretty, her business-like atmosphere. So in all the things that you see for her, you see the background of everything that's going on. With Brad Pitt, it's a little bit more messy it's a little bit more macho as far as him. Um, and so I think those are just some of the things that stood out to me is that when you show them, there are always quick cuts back and forth between the two and their dialogues. And in doing so, you keep it balanced so that you're not looking and going, she's the great agent and he's a tag along or he's a great agent. And she's a tag. Along. Like you look and you go, oh my gosh, they're just a power couple together. So I felt like, the way they kept them both equal did a really good job. I, I was impressed with that. Yeah. I definitely have some stuff I want to talk about with, with setting on that too, but that also um, leads nicely into my first thing that I had for composition. Really the biggest thing I had for composition was how you have that, that great two shot. It's at the beginning of the film and it's at the end of the film where you have Brad Pitt on one side of the screen, Angelina Julie on the other side, one's far left and far right. And it's their equals, right? They're balancing that out as they're they're in therapy and you have just like the mm. disembodied voice of William Pickner as the uh, as the counselor and it's it's awkward it's super awkward and I love that you don't get to see uh, the, the counselor you only get to see the client the whole time 
Yeah. It's just kind of a fun, it's, it really sets off that we have them on opposing sides. I think that's just kind of really quick and brilliant way just to show um, the conflict, essentially. For that. Uh, some other things that, I, you know, you mentioned um, like Jane's work environment. And for color, I noticed that it's, uh, there's a lot of light blues and greens. It's kind of cold oh. almost. Like she's kind of methodical and, um, there's not a lot of, there's, it's, it's, it's very cold is the way I got from that. that she's very businesslike in, in her place, which kind of lends itself with like, you mentioned the clutter, um, with John's stuff and hers is very clean, but I think also the color kind of lends itself to that, uh, as well. Gosh, dang it, Craig, you always notice these <laughs> things. And then I go back and I start looking, you know, just skimming through and I just, oh yeah, oh, he's That's right. How did I? I don't, I don't catch these things. I don't see these things. Even when I'm looking at them, I get caught up watching this. Uh, uh, yeah. Some other fun things I, I saw that there's a, um, when, when, the, when John's doing the poker game and then he pushes away from the table, there's a dolly zoom. Uh, so it zooms in as he's pushing back at the same time, just a kind of a cool shot. It always, I always love dolly zooms ever since, you know, Jaws is kind of like the definitive one for me. Man. Bruni in his chair. Uh, there's a great bird's eye view shot as Jane descends from the outside of the hotel after killing the arms dealer. See, these are kind of happening almost at exactly the same time because they're both on hits uh, without the other one knowing. You also have some great alternating first person point of views in the desert uh, where she's up on the tower and, and he is, uh, he's down in the dune buggy. And they're both kind of looking through fancy binoculars. Uh, those kind of things. And then Another thing I really liked this, I think it's the last thing I'll mention here is uh, the dinner scene where they figure out that the other one knows it's that real tense scene where they're about yes. to reveal and it zooms in on their face. It just zooms in closer and closer and closer on their faces to see the realization. It's like it amps the tension up because you're just looking at their faces. It's brilliant. There's definitely a lot of uh, like just as I've got it, just kind of skimming through while I'm watching here. Uh, there's definitely a part where Angelita, they're at that long table and the candles are not in focus leading up to her. You're looking down the length of that table. And it's early on in the film, which I think, you know, is kind of a a shot that's intentional to say there's something between them, a big, vast difference between them. And then later at the very end, you find them eating. They're eating dinner just out of the kitchen. Like, mm. uh they're they're not eating at a table like that later. I mean, it's just they're they're having more dinners together. It's just it just shows that there's a distance here that they got across. I like it. It's kind of a nice kind of little part between the two. So yeah, that's that's a great catch. You're, you're, I will say that I'm I noticed that some of the camera angles have just a small shake to them. Like they're not they're shoulder mounted guys. They're definitely not still pans mm-hmm. on some of them where they're just you definitely have a little bit more movement in the camera. Yeah, a lot of the action sequences are very much handheld stuff, especially yeah. like um, the fight, the, the first fight they have uh, after they race home is just really chaotic and jumping all around. And that too. And of course, the, the, the fight at the homemade store, that's just yeah. basically chaos. It's just happening all over the place. The homemade uh, it's store? Not the, is that the, you're talking about the like Costco a, store? Yeah, it's the Costco. It's the Costco without stores? Yeah, Cost Mart and homemade. Uh, those yeah. two stores right next to each other. I love this store. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, let's see. 
anything else you want to talk about with with visuals before we get down to to sound? Or are you ready to move to sound? No, we can go to we can go to sound. Visual wise, I do. I like the desert scene, the way they painted that whole part yeah. with Brad Pitt, and seeing that they're not just using scopes; they're using some high tech gear in there with the desert scene. He gets out and he's using the bathroom. He does this little shimmy shake that she kind of recognizes. But then you see there's a lot more tech involved here. Yeah. And he sees her on some infrared thing. And I, I I like that part. I like that they bring in more spy gear. They bring in some spy gadgets. Her descending this, the after hitting that one guy in that building, that high-rise building early yeah. on, she comes and uses her purse as like a rope yeah, that cool. swings down. Was very cool, very spy-like, and exactly kind of what you expect to see in a spy movie to show that they're they're not just hitmen; they're they're actual agencies working here that have some spy gear, like Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I will go ahead and transition in with sound. That scene makes me laugh when he pulls up in the in the dune buggy and he's just blasting poisons, nothing but a good time. That just <laughs> it's so great because uh, it's. Yeah, it just doesn't quite fit, and yet it does. Like this is an older song for the time. This is a you know fifteen year old song at the time, but it kind of fits the whole personality he's he's bringing to that bringing to the table there. Um, another thing that kind of fits with it, which the more I, the more I watch it, the more I kind of get where they're going. Uh, their neighbors um, at the the Coleman's house, they show up from like their Christmas party, or whatever. Yes, they're playing Amy Grant's Baby Baby. Yes, uh, which you know, growing up in a Christian household as a teenager in the nineties. I mean, that song was everywhere. And so it's hilarious just to kind of hear that and to kind of solidify, like that's who these people are. They're like ultra conservative and their neighbors, <laughs> like psychotic killers. And um, here she shows up with fishnet stockings and yeah, <laughs> definitely got noticed. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty great. My favorite one though is, is uh, we have air supply making love out of nothing at all. And then Brad Pitt's yeah. singing along to it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just, and it's playing the whole time through the freeway chase. You have this dichotomy, this totally chaotic freeway chase, and then this mellow love song. Uh, I I love that desert scene. Just be just the part that you were talking about. Just bringing that together is when he fires that missile and it blows up, and then he just looks at it, surprised at what it did. <laughs> it makes a comment: "You should not be allowed to buy these things." I yeah. I, I felt like it was great because it showed he's a little more haphazard and yeah. even though he has this cool gadget that does all these things, he's like, wow, this is quite more powerful than I thought kind of. And just to show what type of spy he is versus her, they right. get into a comparison later in the movie where body counts and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his ego has to get in check uh, there, but it was so good. So good. Yeah. He's definitely layered. Like he's, he's, he's good yes. at his job. He's excellent at his job, but he's also yes. kind of a goofball. Yeah. Uh, I did want to point out, um, yeah, for sound effects, I didn't have a ton of, of stuff. I, I really like the grappling hook sound. The knives, every time the knife is pulled, I just felt like it was Sheep. extremely loud. Yes. Uh, and threatening, which was just extra, just crank it up a little bit. And then you have that thing at the end um, in the, the final standoff in the in the homemade store. With the, the, the sound yeah. kind of drops except for the gunfire. That's like the only, you don't hear the people falling. You don't hear um, anything other than just the gunfire. Yeah, interesting. But the the soundtrack thing, this I thought was interesting because I had to figure out who this actually was because they play this song. Uh, it's called Mondo Bondo. They play it. They play it several times. It's the first dance in Bogota. Uh, it's at the conclusion of the house fight. 
but they refuse to kill each other. And then it's also during the final standoff at the homemade store. And it's kind of got, it's kind of very much a Latin feel to it. Yeah. Uh, which fits with Bogota, right? It's, it's kind of, that's, you know, yep. deep there, but it's, it's Joe Strummer. It's the former frontman of the clash mm. that's singing this song. Okay, I, it works, but I was like, it's the guy from The Clash? That's interesting. So, For those of you out there who don't know who The Clash is, yeah. uh, why don't you give us a refresher? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Rock the Caspa, you know, those guys. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Early oh, see, 80s. I'll, I just had know, to know what punk, they were. Yeah. Punk band, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, New Wave, Rock just. Cash. Yep. Exactly. Sure okay. don't like it, Rock the Caspa. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought, thought that was interesting. Interesting. I thought looking this up, and I didn't know this until I did look that up. But that there were two soundtrack albums that were released for this film because there is quite a few. They were trying to make sure that they were not avoiding confusion. They were trying to avoid confusion uh, that the score was released and then the sound uh, soundtrack. So yeah. there's quite a and there's several really good songs in there. And that you talk about that Mondo Bongo being down in Bogota. That whole Bogota scene. I thought it was well done early on. Mm. There's a lot of that's kind of the development of the passion and the chemistry they had. Everything in the houses was all faded paint and all chipped and kind right. of how you expect to see. And then they go to their house and it's all refined and it's neat. The color palette changes. Color right? palette changed and her curtains are a very big deal. And she's <laughs> going to keep those curtains, you know, yeah. even though he hated them. And, and it just changed the whole thing. The dynamics were different versus the Bogota scene. So, yeah. Now, that's interesting that they had two soundtracks. I didn't. I didn't see that. I'm assuming that the one is going to have like the generally the pop music, like "Express Yourself," "Lay Lady Lay," and that kind of stuff. And the other one is probably more just score, orchestral score, John Powell score. Yep. Who uh, John Powell, of course, did did Face Off, did the entire Jason Bourne series. So that again, that's a fit from uh, from Doug Liman. Also did you know, the great, I think, underrated soundtrack for Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, and this one has a lot of Latin feel to it in general. So I guess that Joe Strummer thing fits pretty good with that. Uh, I noticed uh, I had to figure out what they were called. Some of the, some of the tracks though, the, the one where, when John is running after Jane in the car, where like he accidentally falls through the <laughs> shoes. It's an accident. It was, it was an, an accident. accident. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, that's called hood jump appropriately named. Uh, oh. and then the, uh, where they dance, the, the tango is called El Tango de los Assassinos. Oh, the dance, the, the tango the dance of, the of the assassins. Yeah, pretty okay. great. So, pretty kind of nose, but but perfect. Like just he, super versatile, John Powell. I think he's an underrated uh, composer. Yeah. Uh, anything else on sound before we slide down to performances? No. Uh, I think we. Would both agree the performances are pretty solid across the board. Everyone's it knows what movie they're in. That's one thing I like about this movie. It knows what kind of movie it is. Yes. And nobody's if they're over the top, everyone else is over the top. It fits with that. So um let's let's go to, to dialogue, Corey. What are some lines of dialogue that you like? Well, I, I love There's, I gotta yeah. tell you, the curtain scene is absolutely fantastic. And where it's the if you don't like them, we can, we'll take them back. And he goes, "Okay, I don't like them." And she goes, "You'll get used to them." Her <laughs> delivery on that, like you just get chills because you go, "Yep, that's it. That's how it is, right there." Yeah. I I just I laughed at that part. I mean, that was an out loud laugh. 
watching that even again all these years. Uh, it just is a great chemistry moment. And Angelina Jolie, I'm just going to tell you, she has a way of delivering lines and having a stare in the camera that you just are memorized. She is hypnotizing, absolutely hypnotizing. I think so in this movie. I love her in the movie Salt. And when she delivers lines, it's her dialogue, just a dialogue like that. You'll get used to them. There's a little sass and a little attitude and a little, I'm just going to tell you right now, kind of moment where you go, yep, okay. Yeah. I, it's just great. I think I think she's an incredible actress in this. But oh, that, that's, I love that you said that too, because this is, I mean, this is a movie that would, I wish it would be come out now. Because it's a movie where they are very much equals. Yeah. Right. John and Jane Smith are very much equals and they don't have to put one of them down to make the other one look good. They're just yes. both awesome in yeah. different ways. So, yeah. I love how it starts with, I was just going to say, it, it's kind of a motif that's repeated multiple times. They even put it up on the screen at one point, five or six years ago. It's like, how long you guys have married? Five, six years. Like they can't even agree on that. So like when they do the flashback to Bogota, it says on the screen five or six years ago, five or six. (laughs) It's like, that's a point of contention. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come on, John. That's Uh, probably, it's probably, it's probably six. Let's be honest. Yeah. A couple, a couple nice lines that I like. Um, Angelina Jolie in the middle of that first hit she did in the hotel where she had to take out that one bad guy selling guns. And she, yeah. uh, she's just took care of him. She's got the bodyguards about to break in. And she looks at her watch and just goes, oh, the Coleman's. It's such a great, <laughs> yeah. such a great, I'm in the middle of this, but I'm also a suburban housewife over here yes. who has to get to a dinner party in the neighborhood. And she's yeah. just going from hit to f- just jumping out of a 25-story building and rappelling down on some purse that whittles away to, ah, the Coleman's. I I think it's just a great placement. It just shows some of the wittiness that they put in the lines in this movie because I know it's a action comedy, but you you can't just pull off action comedy without being cheesy. Um, You have to really find that balance. The action has to be good. For it to actually work. You can't yes. just be comedic actors faking being action stars. Yeah. And it's hard to find action stars that can actually be funny. Yeah. But I mean, having Vince Vaughn helps a lot. So, I mean, I just initially I was just everything Vince Vaughn wrote. So I started with morning, pal. How you doing? Same old, same old people need killing. <laughs> Vince Vaughn. <laughs> and then he closes the door and like, that's it. I'm going to tell you, Vince Vaughn played Vince, Vince Vaughn, so Vaughn in the movie. That's all he played. Yeah. Yeah. Every movie Vince Vaughn is in, he plays fast-talking, quick-speaking Vince Vaughn yeah. who is selling you a car or something. <laughs> Every line is just yeah. a sales job. And this is Vince Vaughn at like the peak of his powers, right? This is Vince Absolutely. Vaughn, Dodgeball. This is you know, Wedding Crashers. This is that era Vince Vaughn. So, yeah, just perfect. Um, so some other things, though, like to show the relationship between John and Jane did, that are just super dry – um, at one point Jane says, so what do you want, John? And he says, we have an unusual problem, Jane. You obviously want me dead and I'm less and less concerned with your well-being. I'm less and less concerned. <laughs> Understated. <laughs> it's just so good. 
Reminds me of his other line, uh, your aim's as bad as your cooking, sweetheart, and that's saying something. Yeah. It's like those are oh. just a, they do have a little banter <laughs> early on when yeah. they're against each other. Yeah. Um another one that I that I really like, and I'll I could really just go on and on, but I'm gonna stop with this one where they're um they're kind of revealing what their actual past as they're driving through in that in that minivan. And and Jane says, My parents died when I was five. I'm an orphan. He says, Who was that kind of felt the kindly fellow who gave you weight at a wedding? She's like paid actor. He's like, I said, I said I saw your dad on Fantasy Island. Like that just always slayed me. Yeah. Because like you know they've had that argument forever, and she just like completely <laughs> gaslit him. Fantasy Island. Actually, paid no, no, no. Yeah, oh, and, and you know what? And 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 Brad Pitt delivers some of these things absolutely amazing. He has the power of not just jumping straight into his line, but he has just some little inflections in his voice or how he he delivers that where he like he's upset about that cuz he actually liked her parents. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> I can't believe I brought my own parents to my wedding." Yeah. You know, he brought his own parents and just delivers that. And then when he falls in the bushes after he shoots the the windshield out on her car, yeah. And he as he looks at it and he's pausing, he's trying to get up and he's trying to deal with the struggle of getting off this fence and oh shit. Yeah. You know, as he's grunting, Brad Pitt yeah. delivers things like that in a great way in a movie that doesn't make it acting, but makes you feel like you're in the real scene watching a real story. So, yeah, I mean, along with that, one of the things I always loved about this movie, and the kind of moving to body language as well, <clears throat> kind of fits together, is when they're uh, when they're getting out of the house in the minivan, and they back up super fast and run over the guy, and then he gets out of the car and goes over and kicks him. Yeah, after and then just. You know, efforts get younger every year. <laughs> but the kick, it's just like, you just ran him over. It's just, just completely. <laughs> and the kick, the kick was not any macho kick that he did no. either. Oh. Just frustrated. Uh, I uh, mean, he also does a similar thing when, when uh, he, uh, he comes out. Dude, you see just from the back where he's like punching the air. And he's just yeah. like furious. I've done that. I do that all the time now. Just You're like, just like, oh, frust- oh. So good. Uh, just my last thing I'd say about his dialogue is the part where he's interrogating the kid and he says, option A, you talk, we listen, no pain. <laughs> option B, you don't talk. I remove your thumbs with pliers. It will hurt. Option C, I like to vary the details a bit, but the punchline <laughs> is you die. <laughs> the delivery and Brad Pitt just said yeah. it like, it's just, he's just making the words. He started the sentence, had no idea where he was going, but he's like, I know where it's going to end up. You die. Yeah. He's like so natural. It's just so good. Yeah. I and mean, this is right in the middle of, I, I think they'd probably done oceans 12 by this point. They did oceans 11, oceans 12. Yep. He's just smooth talker and very much in charge. Uh, he ends up so doing just, world war Z later. Who's great in that one up until, up until this movie, this was the highest gross grossing movie for both of them at that I time of their career. That. Yeah. That's a good pull. Fun fact. Uh, let's see. The, yeah, I had the where he kicks the guy. That's awesome. The uh, the thing where he does like a hands choking motion to the marriage counselor. What he'd like to do to Jane sometimes. Like that yep. quite a bit. We've all been there. Uh, <laughs> Jane trying to hold the baby. Oh, it's so good. Awkward. <laughs> Just super awkward. And then you see him. John walks by and sees her doing it. And then his look, he stops, kind of backs up a little bit. Huh. Yeah, just yep. They're not normal people. Um, 
I wanted to say about costumes, hair, and makeup that it's a little odd to see Angelina Jolie in pearls and an apron. Yeah. Just to, and then you see like, her a little bit later in the black leather, and it's like, yeah, no, that's actually more. That's Angelina. That's that. <laughs> that's what we're expecting. <laughs> I feel like she picked her own costume on that one. I. Like, <laughs> hey, oh. That's how I feel like she just is. Like that whole thing. That's I more thought her. <laughs> she helped design this outfit for this part because. Yeah. In my mind, that's just how you picture Angelina Jolie, that she's that kind of person that's got a little bit more of that that to her. She doesn't have the the mid middle of the suburban life, but yeah. look to her, but maybe she does. Yeah. Uh, some other things, uh, we've talked about the, the desert scene quite a bit, but it's, it's a great scene. Brad Pitt's, he's wearing khaki shorts, that Hawaiian shirt, those big old boots. Yeah. Uh, which is fantastic. I really do like, uh, it's just hilarious that the matching black with pink trim Jesus rocks track uh, track shoots they have that they, they get yeah. from the Coleman's. Yes, the Coleman's. Uh, and I would be remiss uh, if Coleman's. I didn't because Justin and I talked about this to make sure. So shout out to Justin who couldn't be with us tonight. Um, that Benjamin has a Fight Club T-shirt scene where they have him captured. <gasps> yeah, which is a 20th Century Fox movie, as is this. So um, we got a little bit of cross promotion there. Yes, love Fight Club. We did that for the show. Matt and I did that a while back. So. The Fight Club. Love that. I've never film. actually seen that movie. Oh, Corey, it's fantastic. Highly, highly recommend. That's so funny. Yeah. And then we got to uh, talk about it. I do think also with the costumes is the fact that a lot of the scenes, like Brad Pitt and her, when they fight, he's wearing a suit and he's got a tie and a white shirt, real classic look. And then she's, uh, they're they're both dressed kind of a little more elegant for that fight scene and they just duke it out and tear the house apart she's in a dress he's in that suit <laughs> they're fighting it up beating the snot out of each other yeah and it turns into a passionate rekindle yes of the of the marriage so well they also suit up in the in the last fight in homemade too which uh, which they is it looks is so good when they do that and then she, you know he looks at her because she comes out in, in a suit and he's like he's thinking she's going to be like wearing a dress or something that's the way I read that expression. Yeah. It's like, huh? Huh? But then it's like those those suits just get shredded because they got like a tactical gear. You know, this is such a good movie, and it was so much good chemistry. It crushes my heart they couldn't keep their relationship together because I could have used a sequel <laughs> to this movie. I mean, this I, yeah, I this heard there is was a type real, of movie. Yeah, they they couldn't figure out another way to something interesting, though. and I appreciate that. That don't make a sequel just don't force as it. a money grab. Um, I could have had give them kids or whatever, but well, I, I mean, technically, we're going that way with this would be a chance to mention the sequel TV show that's coming out, sure, Mister Mister Smith, and I, I did see they're doing a different premise on that. So rather than two competing spies who ended up married, they are two spies for the same agency who are put in a marriage for a for a case or whatever yeah, they're doing. I saw that as well. So it's a different premise, and I'm pretty sure along the way they're going to end up uh, trying to draw more of a love story. But I don't know how much longer you can carry that. Yeah. Like, here's the thing about this Mr. and Mrs. Smith. This movie is the perfect length of time. This could not have been a season-long right. nine-episode series. This couldn't have done that. I, I think It's a pretty tight script, people. yeah. Yeah, it, it moves along pretty good. Um. As far as setting the design moved down there, I mentioned I want to talk about this earlier. Uh, there, there's kind of these 
parallel, but also opposite locations where they're telling their friends about their new relationship. That's fairly early in the film. Uh, and that she's on Jane's on the sheer cliff and John is in the boxing gym, like that filthy boxing gym. And so you have yeah. that super, very clean, almost very much like her, um, like her, her workspace, you know, it's very clean, linear and all that stuff. And his is just thrown together, just kind of trashy, but he's getting the crap kicked out of him while he's trying to tell, uh, tell Eddie about, about his, his wife. I guess they, they had just gotten married or they were just about to get married. Yeah. 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 We're, I'm getting married. Uh, I did say also, and you mentioned this too, about the, the Smith house. It's, it's, it's very clean and very modern, at least by 2005 standards, lots of stainless steel, the new curtains, which is hilarious. Contention there that I love I, John's armory bunker under his garage. And then I Jane love has one in the oven. Yeah. And I love that he references it later. They set it up and it was a very quick, I, Greg, you taught me this word, this payoff. Everything comes from a payoff. And at the Coleman's party, oh, the Coleman's, at the Coleman's <laughs> party, he makes the comment. Someone says something about what, where all his money's tied up in. And he goes, I got all my money buried under the shed. And here we go. We fast oh, forward about 45 nice. seconds, you know, to two minutes later, he goes under the garage and opens up the shed. And it's just this entire armory down there. And there's cash everywhere. He's got that cash stacked over there. He grabs some of the cash, puts some back. And so it. It was great because it showed. No, no, no. He really does have everything under the shed. I totally didn't catch it that way, but that makes total sense now. That's a payoff. Awesome. The He's payoff literally. It, up. it He's is being literally honest. under his thing. Yeah. Yes. And I got to I got to think that's how spies work, Craig, because I thought about it when I watched this part. And he said that, and then he went into the shed, and I got to think if you ever had to do a lie detector, if it's at George Costanza's line, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know what? There's a nugget of truth in what he said to where you're yeah. not lying if you said all my money's tied up in the in the shed, you know, underneath the shed. Yeah, he's totally yeah. being honest. You could never like you're you wouldn't even give away your tells, you know, the like the the accidental like nods that you have that people think you're lying about. Yeah. See, there you go. See, uh, payoff. You know, now you got me thinking that there might be another payoff because he's talking to uh Martin is Coleman's first name, apparently, um, about their golfing tournament. And then later on, we see them as moving down the props a little bit, that there's a golf clubs in the back of that minivan because he just clocks that dude with the driver. Oh, yeah. Just hilarious. So he knew there'd be golf clubs there. I tell you, see? It's a great movie. They're very attention to detail, stuff like that, that, you know, you, you catch on to. I like the the scene with the pipe wrenches too. Not using those as weapons. That's always been fun. I, like have you swung swing. a pipe wrench? That's, How much forearm heavy. strength Brad Pitt has for that scene? Those were not small pipe wrenches. Oh no, they were not. And I have a pipe wrench in my shed, uh, my own shop, and all my money's tied under that thing too. And under that, and and I've had those pipe wrenches. And I've tried swinging them before. That is not a. Those things are made out of plastic. There's no way. Oh you yeah, could just I'm sure. Swing those around like that. He's in good shape, but he was swinging those around pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, characters. <clears throat> so obviously we've talked about Brad Pitt as John Smith, Angelina Jolie, Jane Smith, Vince Vaughn as Eddie. Fantastic. Adam Brody, who was a pretty big star at this time. I think he was doing the OC right about this time. Is he uh, the kid? The the... He's, yeah. The tank. <laughs> yeah. Benjamin, the tank. The tank. Wearing yeah. a fight club shirt. Yes, exactly. 
yeah, you mentioned um, like it's. I mean, obviously, Vince Vaughn was a fairly big star at the time. For for Jane, though, yeah, you've got you, like we mentioned, Kerry Washington, uh, and I didn't know that their names all were J names, but they are. Kerry Washington is a Jasmine. Uh, oh. Jennifer Morrison plays Jade, and then there's uh, another one, Perry Reeves as Jesse. So the three J's, so actually the four, if you count. It's like Men in Black, where they kind of have a pattern in the names like that. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Michelle Monaghan as Gwen, the, the computer tech. For character development, I think I think you look at. Angelina Jolie's team, they're all neat, polished, look like professional in what they're doing as they're ripping through her house and tearing her house apart. And, <laughs> that, and, yeah, the uh, bear just goes the through. The bear. Oh, my gosh. You can see her face, through. too. She's just like, what? And, and when they're all in the room watching, all three of them lined up watching the tape from their wedding. And uh-huh. uh, it's it's a very different different feel. Like the whole business aspect of the thing is down and planned and clean and neat. And then uh, you go to Brad Pitt's team. It's Vince Vaughn. Who's fast talking. (laughs) Who doesn't love Vince Vaughn in his prime here? It's Vince Vaughn and this little secretary who's cute as a button, but oh my gosh, you know, and then he works at this architecture firm or whatever. And there's stuff everywhere. It's just messy. It's haphazard. And but it's efficient, so yeah. it's 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 a great way to kind of establish characters. And then uh, the part that I also like is how they kind of reinvent them a little after they become teammates. After they realize, okay, after their fight where they duke it out and they end it, and then they're back together at the end when he's going down the tunnel and they're talking and getting to know each other mm-hmm. about what they're doing now. And, you know, how many people have you killed? And, you know, the body count. <laughs> Some and of them are two at a time. She's telling him how to read the map. And he's like, there's no there's no turn here. I can't do this turn. Like a little bit of yeah. contention there, but it's a different kind of contention now. And, and it reestablishes the whole character that now they're teammates. Now they're buddies. They're partners. And they're and they're they're married at the same time. So it yeah. it was good. It was a good way to reinvent those characters and establish who they are. Yeah, I I really like that part a lot where you see that they can they have this they've shared experience without having shared the experience. Yeah. Uh, and then they speak the same language but for like the first time in 5 or 6 years they're being honest with each other and it's amazing how much they actually have in common and that they're able to work together like hand signals and all of those things are kind of universal for their world apparently. Yeah. So yeah, essentially the hero's journey doesn't fit for this. That's not that kind of movie at all. No, so it's, it's fine. But you but you do have, as you mentioned, there's character development for both of them, um, which is which is fine, which is great. It's nice to see that. It's it's got to be. There's got to be a. Is there a formula for a story like this, Craig? I mean, you can't have a hero's journey, but you're going to establish that two people who are married and are the best at what they do have to reinvent themselves or discover who each other is, the real you, and then move forward. There's, I don't know. I, well, it's kind of a, it's kind of a circular. Like this? Sure. But I mean, it, it's kind of a circular plot, which I think is what they're establishing with that opening shot, which is the same as, as the closing shot where they're in the, you know, they're in the counselor's office on opposite sides, but it's, it's, it serves a different purpose now. Right. Because it's like they, they were, they went in there, quote unquote married and then they they're in there now actually married where they're kind of they've gone all the way around to where they're supposed to have it 
but they had to go on this journey where they had to find that they were everything was fake and then they had to make it real and now they're kind of back again full circle so you're right yeah that's what yeah and that's another reason why like i don't know why you would do a sequel because uh, you kind of finished the story right you could, i mean you could you have could. had some of the things i mean you, maybe you have they move and their neighbors are russian agents that are so i don't know there's other things you could do but i don't know if it would be interesting like this was i don't think yeah no i don't think you could bottle twice yeah um but as far as world building goes i like i think it mentioned before like i think the technology everything holds up there's kind of just this our it's our world but there's kind of this layer underneath like that they're like their neighbors are completely oblivious to yeah, this um, this movie you could you could release this movie in 2023 and we would have thought it was filmed in 2023. Wouldn't think yeah, twice I, about I, it. There was nothing in this that I thought uh, kind of moving down to final thoughts, I guess, um, that I thought looked dated at all. Like I just had a great time Absolutely. doing like the, the special effects hold up. It's not overly reliant on CGI. We hadn't gotten to that with filmmaking yet. Yeah. Um, so there's there's obviously a lot of practical effects, and it's because it's also it's built on the performances, right? Yep. Yep, and so it's it's kind of a funny action filled character piece, um, but I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the crap out of it. I, you know, it, I will say this: I think it establishes this movie established because establishes uh, Angelina Jolie as an action star too. Uh, I know she had done Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to look up and see when the timelines were on all this because. It cannot be that far after this that she did. Angelina, uh, she did Salt. Have you seen Salt? I've seen it. I only saw it just the one time, but but I've seen it just once. I love that movie. I think Salt <laughs> is one of the best. And the fact that I've never gotten a sequel on that movie is absolutely crushing to me as well. I, I, I because think they set it up that. for a sequel. Yeah. Uh, Salt came out in 2010. That's not too much farther Mr. after Smith. this. So five years. So, you know, 2005, released 2005. Uh, she had done a couple other movies, but really it was Salt was her next big. Wanted, she had done. Wanted and Salt were two big mm. action movies right there. Yep. And Salt does Takes not have back. as high a rating. It's close to this, but but it showed that she is great in these conspiracy movies, agent movies. She could have been great in some of those things. Yeah, I think both of them are pretty versatile. It's it's she's not one that you think of as being funny, but I think she has she's a good enough actress where she can do levity pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Like even the, even like the line you mentioned earlier about the um the curtains. Like there's some menace to that, but it's also kind of in a dark, funny way. Yeah, in a way that she's doing it, she's got enough a light enough touch on it. And I'm going to tell you this. Back then, around that time, I had a crush on Angelina Jolie. I thought. <laughs> you and the rest of the world, I, Corey. <laughs> because here's the thing. I just want someone to look. You look at some of these photos of Brangelina here that are on the internet. It's absolutely disgusting. Now at this time, you just go, oh, my gosh, how in the world? But at the time, it was all over the place. And you look at the way she looks at him in all these photos that you know are just standing up. Yeah, gosh, dang. You just yeah. want someone to look at you the way she did at him. <laughs> and I cannot believe they never made it work. Yeah. <laughs> so that reminds me, this is going to go off the trail for just a tiny bit, then we'll wrap up. But I remember right, right around this time too is 
uh, Alexander, where she played Alexander's mom, uh, uh, and uh, Val Kilmer played his dad. The lead was uh, Colin, oh, Colin Colin Farrell. Farrell. And I remember um, Val Kilmer had a line about that, about how attractive she was. He said something along the lines of like a camel, like double taked when she walked by. <laughs> so, it was. It was. God bless Val Kilmer. He's amazing. Ugh. So. Yeah, so let's wrap this up. Uh, as we go, uh, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on X and Facebook. Email us at readingbetweenreels at gmail.com or use the SpeakPipe app on our website. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. You can support us by writing a review on your favorite podcast catcher. And our next episode will be a review of Fellowship of the Ring, extended edition, with special guest Andrew Clark. Send us an email or voicemail about your favorite moments from Fellowship of the Ring, and we'll share it on the next episode. 